This is the Coffee Commune podcast, where the coffee community comes to collaborate, showcasing today another of our Coffee Commune members. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Coffee Commune podcast. My name is Rehan, one of the general managers for the Coffee Commune. Today on the show, we've got Isaac Calvert and Peter Brown from Prestige Fit Private Gym. Be sure to listen to the end of the podcast where they're going to tell you a little bit about a special that they've got to help you get fit and get started on your fitness journey. They're just down the road from the Coffee Commune. They're not far. And I know a lot of Coffee Commune staff have actually joined up with you guys. So you're obviously doing something really cool and really great. We're all on board with you and you guys have become members of the Coffee Commune as well. Can you tell me about why you decided to do that? Well, for one, the great people here at the Coffee Commune, right? So we've been coming down ever since it opened and pretty excited that it was, you know, Phil DeBella's. I mean, I mean I've been following Phil DeBella for a while, even since we went to Queenstown and then came back as well. And uh, coming down here to see all the crew, which I know that a lot of them were previous staff as well of, of Phil DeBella's. So seeing what great people there are around in the community, that's really why we chose to join because we didn't we didn't even know it was an opportunity eh? no and I, I was immediately impressed by the message behind the coffee commune and I, I feel as though it's a clone of what we would like to produce inside of our industry in that bringing experts together in one place really lifts up the level of of service and it shows on the floor so um prestige fit it's a gym, but it's a gym that's different from other gyms. Can you tell me a bit more about what you guys do and how you kind of came up with this idea? Well, it's a private gym. So we, we sort of established the term private gym because it's sometimes it's easier to explain what we're not. We're not a commercial gym um, and we're not the sort of gym that takes your money and expects you not to turn up. Um, we, you know, If you don't turn up, we, we're on the phone asking where you are and how you are and if everything's okay. We have a an attendance level of over three visits per week per member, which is pretty cool. So, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So we really we like to think that we definitely really care about our our members. So in general, so gyms don't have that kind of attendance level from from their members. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so people think, who are paying money. Think of the <laughs> think of the standard box gym. I easily have about a thousand members. If all those thousand members turn up in a day, there'd be no room. So, like, generally, gyms charge people money and then don't get attendance? Yeah, think about the standard box gym and the size of that gym. They would easily have about 1,200 members. And if you, if, if those, all of those members turn up in the one day, there'd be no room. <laughs> but not everyone turns up. No, so those gyms, they So how do you guys get over that problem? Like, what if all your me- members turned up today? How do you sort of manage that? We've got booking systems in place for that. But everyone has their own assigned program, so everyone knows exactly what they need to do, you know, in the bare minimum time, which is cool. So that's really easy to overcome, especially with the quality of service that we provide. Tell me a bit about that, that assigned program that you just mentioned. What does that mean? Every one of our members that comes on board with us has their own assigned trainer and their own trainer. They go through an assessment process um, where we look at how you move, how you, where you're at, what your level is of strength, uh, flexibility, stability. And then we write up a program that you're going to enjoy, for one, and that you're going to attend too, right, and it's going to get you to your goals fastest. So you'll just work with our app and you go through that process to get through that. And that's pretty easy, isn't it, Ray? So it sounds like you're more interested in the human being that's standing in front of you and figuring out what they want and what they need. 100%. We, we, you know, it's pretty sad. The stats are from commercial gyms is that, you know, after they sign up one person, they show them around the gym. 
50% of those people don't turn up for a second visit. And then after that second visit, 50% of those people don't turn up for the next visit. And that just keeps going down and down and down and down. And I'm pretty sure, you, you know, even myself included, I've had, gym, I've had a gym membership before, you know, that I haven't turned up to. Because, you know, 12.95 a week, 16.95 There's not a lot of buy-in. Not a lot of buy-in. Not a lot of skin in the game, right? I'm curious to know sort of why, why are more gyms not doing this? They are. There's an uprise of boutique gyms. They're definitely not on every corner, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there, there might be, you might have to travel a little bit further. We've got clients that come up all out from Coomera, Gold Coast. We've, got, we've had people from Toowoomba, all around the place, right? People will just come far and wide to our gym. And not saying you have to go that far, but there are some really unique boutique gyms and you sort of know the people that are really experienced and, and understand anatomy and really want to service people, not just for the money. I think it takes a certain kind of person to join a gym like yours. Absolutely. A good person. <laughs> a good human. Really good looking too. <laughs> right, right. So how do, how do you check that off? Is that like, like a checklist for good looks, good attitude? From what I can see in my visit to the gym, it looks like you guys have built a bit of a community and you've got some cool activities that happen. It, doesn't, it seems like not everything happens just at the gym. Yeah, totally. Yeah, We've got a really nice community and we come down here to the coffee commune every Saturday morning, which is really, really cool. Have breakfast after our community session. And we also try to once a month get out to certain places around Brisbane as well. So we take the guys out to Kangaroo Point and Mount Couther and all these different places as well. We also do, like, we've got a heavy corporate presence as well. So we, you probably won't see this sort of side of it just yet. But we've got a corporate gym down in Eight Mile Plains at RSEQ head office, which we manage, and a few different businesses around the place that we do really cool little team projects with as well, which is pretty, that's probably a big focus of ours. So tell me a little bit more about this corporate stuff that you do. Um, so we, we've got many industry leaders from all different industries, and, they, and basically we've got people that will, one, have like a deal with us where they have their staff members come on board. Um, either in a team environment or individually, and we and we help them with their health and well-being, or we go to the business and actually work with them and do certain length programs. Um, and then we've even got bigger corporations where we actually are right into the company as health and fitness consultants, and in the back end of there, so that all their staff members can reach out to us twenty four seven, however much they want. So really, we're health and fitness consultants that can do whatever you want us to do. <laughs> so why is it that you think that you're having success with a corporate program? It sounds like like an odd combination, business and fitness, you know. They yes. seem to be mutually exclusive things. They are, yeah. Until now, I think I think it's a great question, right? Because in Australia in particular, I think health and fitness in the corporate world is in its infancy. Um, and I think we're at the head of the game with a few big companies as well, where it's that's going to really creep up over the next you know, five to 15 years, I think you'll see a massive influx of that where, where business owners are not just paying for a, you know, a reduced fitness first or good life membership for their staff because anyone can do that. And as we just talked about, commercial gyms don't really work. The model's not really working because 80% of their members are not turning up. I think in Australia, business leaders are starting to clue into the fact that their staff are more than just a commodity. They're an actual organism that needs to be productive and needs to be high energy needs to be a high producer and, and by investing in their staff, they're going to get more from that staff member. So you're saying that businesses are actually encouraging the health and fitness side of their employees? They've got a vested interest in their, in their mental health and their physical health. And I think beyond the, the, the 
business walls, whatever they do outside, whether it's extreme dieting, extreme athleticism or, or extreme exercise programs, it has an impact in the business too. So there is a, a big interest for businesses to have their staff on a healthy pathway. I guess the whole person comes to work, right? Whether exactly. the, you know, if they're stressed and if they're fatigued and yep. they're not, not performing at a high level, then they bring that to work with them. Work presents, like every business presents some sort of challenge with health and fitness, right? Whether you sit at a desk all day long, you know, or most of the day, or whether you're on the road. Like we, we deal with a lot of the drivers for RACQ and things like that. We've got to teach them some injury prevention kind of protocol, but they're, they're going from like static to dynamic moving, right? So they'll go sit around for 45 minutes as they drive out to someone with a 30 kilo battery. They've got to lift out of an awkward position, right? So we've got to try and build their strength and their flexibility and have them warm up protocols so that they don't get injured and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I'm curious to know a little bit more about that. So let's take an example of mm-hmm. someone who works in an office. Yep. Where does someone like that start with improving their health and fitness? Uh, you just call Prestige Fit and ask for Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> just jump on prestigefit.com, right? Now, it's a good question. You want to take it? Yeah, I, and I'm going to take the words straight out of your mouth here because the big message around uh, sitting at desks for the last 10 years has been get a chair that's ergonomic get a chair that's going to support you right but the problem with that mentality is you're relying on something that's external to you so as soon as that chair's gone well you're left with whatever's left and whatever's left is your muscle and your bones and then if they're not strong if your body's not strong then you're not going to be able to support a good healthy posture so what we're seeing inside of the the industry is People coming in with sore knees, uh, they're coming in with, you know, kyphosis, they're, they're coming in with all these carriage of the spine, yeah, so they're coming in with all sorts of different desk-related chronic injuries, and it's only ramped up, that the incidence of those things have only ramped up, even with the technology and the investment in ergonomics in the office. Yeah, I'll give you another example. When I, so out of high school, I was, a, I was a mechanic, and I used to have, had this guy next to me on the hoist called Clive, and he was the sort of guy that every every morning at 7.30 in the morning, look at his watch and be like, is it home time yet? Is it home time yet? And this is like the reason why I'm not a mechanic now, right, is that sort of guy I just was like, I don't want to be like Clive. <laughs> but he used to always complain about his sore back and sore shoulders and everything, and he would be like, it's this damn hoist and it's this car. It's all these external factors, right? So we see a lot of this in all different workplaces, people blaming the chairs and the ergonomics and the and the table and everything the thing is that we're always going to get lazy and we're all going to slouch and we're all going to do that unless you have the strength and the abilities and understanding of how to move and stretch and and hold yourself upright even in the chair you're going to have problems is it a big shift no it's quite easy um we, we do some really basic um in the corporate world anyway in, in seated positions we do like a, a series of like four stretches just for ball and socket joints to sort yourself out and it's stuff that you can do really easily I see you sitting up straighter now as well it's, nice. <laughs> it's it actually became very self-conscious at that yeah. moment <laughs> yeah an interesting thing I always think is like your best position is your next position right so getting up and moving stretching all the time is really important Another thing, just while we're on this topic as well, because I've got a lot to say about this, <laughs> as you can tell, <laughs> yeah. is that we're, and a fascinating thing I always think is that we're the only mammals in the world that don't get up from a sedentary and stretch straight away. If you think about cows, dogs, cats, horses, they all get up as soon as they move, stretch, stretch. Whereas most of us get up and mosey on and mope down to the coffee machine, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is great because we love coffee, right? <laughs> However, we probably need to learn some basic strategy to stretch out and mobilize those muscles so we don't get these sorts of pains. Loaded question. 
A cat gets up. No one taught the cat how to stretch, but the cat knows how to stretch. Interesting, isn't it? How is it that I don't know how to stretch <laughs> when I wake up in the morning? So, you know, I, I get, you're not the first person to ask this weirdly, which is interesting. I, I mean, I don't even know what the answer is that to that. Oh, to, oh, to be honest, however, I think that we're too intelligent for that. I'll I'll add another aspect it? to that. Is how often do we, do we tell our kids not to wriggle around? Hey, is wriggling around the important well, thing well, to a do? Child will next position is go from one position to the next, yeah. and back to the next, and so that we're we're built that way. We're taught to reverse that natural inclination to. So you can just wriggle move. around in your chair. You've got to wiggle a bit. All right, message Probably of the day: you got to wiggle a bit. Yeah, <laughs> Start and, moving. And your next yeah. position is your best. Your best position is your next position, right? <laughs> Totally, yeah. yeah. It's a good example, actually, because we're taught that from a young, right? We actually, you know, the, the play in us, the play, is sort of suppressed a lot over time, right? We, our creative yeah. thinking is, you know, is yep. diminished. Sit still, don't move. Exactly. Listen, sit in the class. Yeah. Well, kids aren't made to do that, right? Yeah. We're never yeah. made to do that. Yeah, I think the human machine is, is built to, to move. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that Agreed. up. Agreed. Yeah. Because... There's there's layers to this. There's the self-care, the daily self-care. But then there's, well, why should I go into the gym, Pete? Like, I don't want to lift 100 kilos, Pete. Why would I want to lift 100 kilos? And the thing is, is, is these days we don't have much to do other than, like, we've got a lot of technological advances that take the manual out of life, the the actual having to do. And because we have less time, we've, we need to really ramp up what we do in a short period of time. That in- intensity needs to be a little bit higher than than just moving around, so that we can maintain muscle mass, uh, especially as we age. Because if we if we just let nature take its course, age-related muscle loss it happens pretty quickly. That leads me on to a little bit of a question. You put the question in my mind: as you age, as you go from say like. For me, for instance, as I, when I was 25, I felt like I was invincible. And now I'm sort of 35, 36, and there's a few aches, there's a few pains, there's a few things, a few creaks that weren't there before. So as I age, what should I be thinking about to maintain the machine that I've got? Great question. You know, you know, from the ages of thirty to sixty, we de- we diminish muscle quite quickly, right? Our muscle atrophies on a, on average about two and what is it like two hundred and fifty? Yeah, two hundred and fifty. No, it's two hundred and fifty grams a year, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say per decade. Yeah, per decade. Yeah, yeah. two hundred and fifty grams a year, yeah. right? And we and we gain about somewhere between like four hundred and five hundred grams of fat per year. So our body composition shifts, right? And that's only like a 300, 250, 300 gram shift on the scale. So we don't notice this weight gain happening right over time. But the composition of it it's is changed. what's yeah. changing. And so by the time we hit 60, we've, de- we've depleted so much muscle mass and yeah. bone that our health has deteriorated. And when we hit 60, we go, oh, it's old age yeah. in the Western world, right? And we stop moving and we think people in their 60s think, oh, I can't start now. It's too, too late, which is absolutely rubbish, right? We, we had a woman just recently start and she was 65, and I tell the story a little bit because just two weeks ago she she had well she had wrist surgery so she's wearing a wrist, a brace right and she was running down the road here and she tripped and fell right seventy two years old we think far out but she she tripped and fell jumped straight back up right because she can do burpees like the drop of a hat right because we've taught her that yeah, right and yeah. she's got strong enough to be able to do that yeah, now, bone density would be great because she's huge. been lifting yeah she so. caught herself on her elbow grazed her elbow but she was up off her on her feet straight away and I don't know you know you put her on a 
on a spectrum of all those people with those people that age, she's going to be at the highest end, right? And that's purely because she started strength training in her 60s, which is pretty interesting. So it's never too late to start. Absolutely. Well, you quoted a study a couple of months back that you don't lose the ability to build muscle even at yeah, you need age? You, uh, in your 90s. In, yeah, even in your 90s, you've in still got the ability can build muscle. Yeah, to build muscle tissue and bone tissue, right? They've proven that time and time again, right? There's, there's research to show that it's the same sort of function and the same ability as in your 20s. You just have to have the stimulus, which is what your, what your, the answer to your question in a well-rounded sort of fashion <laughs> is stimulus, right? So you, it's not so much about like what Peter said, going to the gym and, and lifting 100 kilos, but getting the stimulus on your muscles so that when you eat and you go and you, you nourish yourself, then you're transitioning the nutrients to your healthy tissue, therefore becoming healthier. Easy. <laughs> so I think the common, the common misconception is if I join the gym, they're going to put me on a bike for half an hour and... I'm just going to be like an automaton just sort of peddling away. Is that what a workout is like at your gym? Normally like half an hour burpees just flat out. No, <laughs> no, 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 don't. <laughs> I'm teasing. Don't. Don't completely lie. Right. Absolutely not. So it's all tailored to the person. Yeah. So as soon as you walk in, you'll have somebody greet you and ask, what have you got on today in your program? You'll be then taken to the warm-up area. You'll warm up. Make sure everything is is adequately stretched and and mobilised and and then you're off and you're in the gym on the floor and you're uh, moving and you're moving in all a variety of ways uh, as as alluded to earlier that the, the best program is one that has got a lot of variety. Um, so we're, we're we're squatting, but we're squatting on slant boards. Where where and you, you might want to. Describe why we, we squat on slant what's boards. A, sorry, paint a picture. What's a slant board? A slant board is just a wedge, right? It's just a 45-degree wedge. It can be so just like a ramp. Right? Just like yeah. a ramp, yeah. yeah. And where it puts you in a position that sort of takes out your ankle mobility, which we know in the Western world is a pretty challenged thing for most people to get squat down low enough. And that's purely another Westernized thing is, is that, you know, we're conditioned to chairs, Right, so then we don't do that deep squat that a lot of cultures do. In fact, most people in the world don't have chairs to sit on. They sit down lower oh, than that. The biggest thing when I went to India was I was surprised with how comfortable people were on the floor. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like they're just they're sitting down and then they pop up and yeah. they, they just move around like like it's nothing. So And like for me to get down, sit down on the floor, it's like, oh, <laughs> such a long way away. Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's because of what we're conditioned to, right? Yeah. Our, our environment. Um, so slumboard basically accelerates that process to be able to get us down great knee health and allows us to not use heaps of volume of weight anyway so we can just do do the work to get you into that position. And a lot of people are kind of scared of squatting if they've got bad knees. I had a fella come in the other week, uh, actually a couple of days ago now, and he had a, a plate with seven screws in his ankle, fell from like eight foot and, and just <laughs> shattered his ankle. And he didn't, didn't really know what he could do. I got him on a slant board. I got him to do a squat. And, the, and the, you should have seen the smile on, his, on this guy's face because up until this point, everyone's been saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I've, he's come in and he's been able to squat on this slant board and it's just given him that hope to that he can move, he past, can it. move yeah. past it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, man, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Really cool. And it's a good example for everyone, right? There's like, yeah. there's never a time, and we see this time and time again, people think that they can't move forward because of certain pain, but that's exactly what they need to do, right? It's come and see the you know experts like us to help them through that. 
because we're not going to just put them on a on a bike like that and smash. Well, I think people need that as well, especially people that have restrictions or have conditions that need to be considered. Like they can't just jump into a gym and just do anything. Someone like that could really do some major damage if he does the wrong thing. So it's good to have the guidance and the support to be able to know that okay, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be looked after and I'm going to be doing something productive for myself. There's exactly a big difference between us and commercial gyms, right? And and that's exactly, you know, like you walk into a commercial gym, they're going to show you around the gym, they'll show you a couple of things and then you're on your own, right? Which is a scary thing for most people. So it's a, it's not, not a wonder really why people don't turn back, like don't come back again and again and again because they don't have that support mechanism. And they might do some, they might f- have that fear or feel like they're going to do some damage with some of the machines there. I guess so. The question really is around hesitancy for new people coming in and they might be hesitant about about using new equipment or they might see some big guy really pumping a lot of iron and going, oh, I'm not sure if I can do that. How do you kind of overcome that? What's your process? What's, what are things like at Prestige? That's so different. Right? <laughs> you, you, it's a cop out for me to say you have to come and experience it. But I mean, and, and you could probably tell us as well, Ray, like since when you walked in the door the first time, I mean, I talked to you a few times after your, your first and second visit with us. And you, and you you said to me, man, it's just so different to every other place, right? And you're not the only one. Like it happens time and time again. People, people until they step foot into the place and they have that experience and they think far out. These guys actually do care and they have the, they have the support mechanisms in place of all those challenged things, right? And when I've said this about my ankle or my shoulder or my knees and stuff, they've really considered that and put that in my program and made it comfortable for me, right? And really made it, you know, they've almost nurtured me around that, right? I think it's so, the human element. It's the touch points. If you think of uh, a child, I'll use that analogy again, who has first been introduced to the to a bro- broccoli, say that kid's going to need to experience broccoli seven times in a variety of different ways before that child decides, yeah, I like broccoli. <laughs> so this, and, and and you know it's 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 humorous. Are you our gym to broccoli for somebody. <laughs> do, do you like broccoli? Is, you know? <laughs> I'm getting somewhere with this. As a, as an adult, we don't often think of ourselves as children. But if you don't have ten years of lifting experience, you're at zero. You're at zero. So you're a baby when it comes to coming into a gym. Now I put you on a machine. And then I say, hey, all right, this is what you need to do. And then you don't have that touch point ever again. You don't have that parent saying, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this, or you need to eat this. Well, you're not going to be inclined to do that. You'll fall back into what's comfortable. What's comfortable is what got you to where you are right now. And that's why we see so many people who go to gyms don't change because they just fall back into that old pattern. So what's different about Prestige Fit is you've got that gentle encouragement that is consistent. And it's progressive. It's always trying to, we're trying, always trying to get you to uh, learn and adopt a new belief system about yourself, adopt a new. It sounds like, yeah, like a new person in the gym almost has to grow into a new comfortable, comfortable habit, a new comfort zone out of their old comfort zone. And the only way to do that is by visiting and pushing yourself, I guess, to challenging yourself to do it. But sounds like there's a lot of guidance that you provide on that. Totally. Enlisting the support, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we do. So for someone that's already taken a bit of a journey into fitness, they're already sort of down the track and they're developing their own programs or they're really into their own fitness. Why should they switch to prestige fit? Should they switch to prestige fit? 
Yeah, well, I guess that's on a case-by-case scenario, right? I mean, we have many people come to us from many different gyms and different backgrounds. And, you know, we have we have this off-flow from other gyms as well with people who are experiencing pain and they just haven't been able to rectify it, right? All different. I'll, I'll use one example, right? We had a young, young lady come to us from an undisclosed gym that I won't mention and <laughs> put their name up here, but they, they're a really well-known facility and they don't necessarily look after your technique. And we know this, it's well-known in the industry. But she's come to us with some terrible back pain, hasn't been able to get rid of it for three years, just killer back pain, no real reason for it, right? When we come in, there's and she's no, already been going to gyms. And, and she's just continuously going to the gym, still, still hammering herself because she feels like more is better, more is better, because that's the message that she's being taught. More is better, more is better. Whereas we probably all know the saying, less is more, right? More and or less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Um, and we, so we took her on board, took her under our wings, and, we, and we're not obviously going to cut her down and, and chop it all in half and, and make her do nothing straight away. We work with her over time to help her understand what her new sort of protocol could look like, and we sort of slowly slowed her down and helped her realise that the volume of training that she was doing, you know, six, seven days a week of high-intensity training was just too much. She, doesn't, she, wasn't, re- she wasn't recovering enough. She's since gone overseas and she's doing the, the Te Araroa walk across New Zealand, 3,000 kilometre walk. 3,000 kilometres. <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. The whole length of New Zealand. Wow. She's an advocate. Like She's, she's taken over a shirt, prestige on it and everything. She's going to take photos all over the place. But she's, already, she's keeping us, the whole community, up to date with where she's at as well, which is pretty cool. But when she moves back to Brisbane, she'll be straight back in because she misses it so much, right? And that's because we've really nurtured her and helped her get to a point where she's able to do this 3,000 kilometre walk pain-free, no, no pain in her back. So that's just one example of many, right? A big challenge that I see in people who have been working out for a long time is often it's really hard to teach an old dog new tricks and that what has worked in the past almost always gets to a point where it stops working. And when that occurs... It's because of uh, what's going on in your body. Biologically, your body starts to change as you, as you age. So this this uh, happens a lot, especially in female populations. And, and a population I've got a, a lot of experience working with is is that. And, and the biggest struggle is getting them to shift their mindset from cardio to strength. And that's probably one of the biggest the biggest achievements that was made with that client was was getting her to get out of that burn, burn, burn mentality into a build your body up mentality. So that that's one thing. What, what I see Prestige Fit providing to somebody who's already very into the gym scene is structure and accountability to that structure because I can sit back and say, I'm terrible at writing my own programs and I've got a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge and, and sometimes you become a victim to that knowledge and, and, and that experience because you want to just include everything or you disregard anything that's new and you just, yeah, you get stale. You just get stale. So what you what we would provide is, is that structure and that accountability. So it sounds like someone can get some results, get some achievement, start building your body, but then you kind of plateau off and you need to almost change up your program to keep getting results. Yeah, totally. We've got a young guy who, uh, I say young, he's, he's 40. Um, but that's, that's still very young. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he's got a daughter who's almost twenty, and he came to us to do one program. He said, "I've just, I just need one program, you know, to get myself back in the rhythm of things and, and you know, stir up my metabolism." He said, and I said, "Hey, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's cool." And we we went through the whole assessment process, took him through, and he's since been there two and a half years now, right? Program after program, twelve week, uh, thirteen week program after thirteen week program. 
So it just shows like he saw the very big difference between him at his at doing it, looking after himself, and falling victim to that knowledge. Right? You know, he's he's played rugby his whole life as well, so he understands how to train, understands how to strength train. But that variety and the little bit of little tweaks and twists that we make within the program are the things to make him much much stronger and better. All right, here's Lina. a question for you. How do I know whether I should be doing cardio or strength? <laughs> it's a personal goal sort of thing. There is careful balance that, that we go into. It's very easy to go overboard with cardio and do far too much. However, I think people often, there's a huge population now or a big sort of drive behind people who disregard cardio completely where they don't really understand that having a strong cardiovascular system will actually help you with your strength. And that, that endurance during your life. So there is benefit well. in doing cardio. There's a good balance of both, yeah. And it depends on you individually. I would say if you start with strength as your bedrock, as your foundation, and then you you spend time building yourself up, then you're gonna have the capacity to then go into that cardio program. So say uh, and you know, you'll have thoughts on this, but say you're an endurance endurance athlete you're still going to need a level of strength. So a lot of the time people will kind of get up off the couch one day and they'll be like, I'm going to go and run a marathon. <laughs> and people do it and, and kudos to them. But had they have spent the time building their strength up before launching into something that uh, consuming, then they would have more of a, an easier time. Running. Elaborate. Running yeah, and moving, yeah. Running moving. We, what we don't realise, I guess, with, with the untrained person around health and fitness is that there's a level of strength with running, sprinting, jumping, these sorts of things, right? And really, sprinting is the height of athleticism, right? And then if we break that down, then running, then jogging, right? Jogging is a very bad term. It's a hard term for us to deal with, I reckon. And the reason being is that, you know, a lot of people want to get fit and healthy, so the first thing they do is jump into jogging. And jogging, unfortunately... You might not even have the strength to sit yourself up in a chair from a desk job, let alone get out and jog. Yeah. And then you're putting all the stress on your, your knees and your hips and your back and your shoulders from jogging in these big comfortable shoes, which are you know trying to aid and assist your your, your feet. And the reason I say it that way is I'm a massive barefoot runner. I've done a, I've done 100k endurance events myself, running in barefoot shoes. So, and you guys can't see me on the podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm six foot four, 120 kilos, right? So I'm not your average runner build. But I've done those events and I've done them barefoot and done them without injury. So it's a huge feat. And so I know a lot about strength when you're running, especially over length of time, let alone going from couch to 5K. It's great, great. You know, like Peter said, kudos to people trying to get fit. But having that level of strength at the very start is definitely paramount if you want to be have long-lasted strength and cardio ability. So what do you guys think is next for your business? Where's Prestige Fit heading in the next couple of years? We hope to hit a point where we have top up on members completely. So we hit that point that sort of. So you have a cap on membership? Yep, we have a cap on membership. We do have a cap, yep. yeah. Um, we estimate it's around 200. Maybe before that, we're going to see what it feels like at 150. We're sitting at 100 right now. So, um, and we, you know, we're very selective with people that we bring on board, obviously, because, you know, there's a bit of a process and, you know, it's, it's definitely not the gym for everyone, but it also is the gym for everyone, if that makes sense, um, in terms of who we have on on board all good people right <laughs> then yeah next two years well next year we want to be booked up don't we yep and then uh we'll be looking at sort of a south side gym probably in a far north gym as well so maybe a few different branches potentially it's definitely going deeper into the corporate world so the corporate 
health and fitness consultants kind of thing is, is our jam, right? And I think a lot of our members sort of steam off that and come and join the gym because they realise just how awesome we are. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Prestige Fit and the facility, how long you've been there, and a little bit about, about your space and about who you guys are. Yeah, cool. So Prestige, we started actually up in Spring Hill back in 2009. And then we moved down to Newstead. We're a personal training studio only, not a gym. And we, we exclusively had one-on-one PT at the time. And then we slowly went into semi-private training, which just means small group personal training. Did a lot of stuff around body transformation and, and pain-free performance and, and nutrition around that. Uh, we did lots of different challenges and into the corporate world. We started into the corporate world probably five, six, no, nah, 10 years ago now with RACQ, yeah, um, and, and, and entered into that space. And then in the last two years, three, two and a half years now, we've been, we moved from Newstead just onto the outskirts of Newstead into Bowen Hills, just up the road here. And we became a private gym. So we opened 24-7, re-established a new model, grew, re- re- got rid of all the old equipment, put in new equipment, made sure it was the best of the best. And probably just to preach about us a little bit, <laughs> you know, we have more function than most gyms around because we've just got that many tools. And there's so many little bits and pieces that you wouldn't even really... I've been in there. It doesn't look like a traditional gym. There's not like rows of, of you know, of bikes next to each other and lo- rows of, uh, what do you call them? The, the walking things. <laughs> the treadmills. <laughs> the, the like treadmills. Not, I don't see a single treadmill in there, actually. How long did you say you were, you've been open there? Uh, we've been open three years there. So yes, yeah, so since... Three years. Three Very years cool. in Bowen Hills, 24-7, yeah. And it's a private gym, right? So we... Everyone has their own assigned trainer. Everyone has their own program. It's all really customer service orientated. We look after you. And for um, for members of the coffee commune that want to come and join up to the gym, have you got any extra value that you can offer members of the coffee commune? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the best the best way to get started with us is come and do our trial period, twenty eight day trial, and then we look after you with with a discounted rate membership through there, which is really cool. Very very cool. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So during that trial process in that first 28-day trial, what, what can someone expect to, to, to have in terms of a program, in terms of the trainer? What does that actually look like? So as soon as you decide to move forward with the trial, uh, you'll be contacted by a staff member. That staff member will organize a movement assessment, uh, a goals consultation to get really clear on what you want to achieve, what obstacles you'll need to overcome to achieve those goals and then really nut out a great plan that, that you're going to uh, stick to and it's going to produce a, a result effectively. Beyond those those consultations, then you have 24-7 access to the gym, uh, fresh white towels to use when you come in. If you come in during our supervised times, you'll have a personal trainer on the floor helping you with your training, making sure it's safe and effective. So it's essentially... All the best bits about having a personal trainer without the extreme price tag that comes with hiring a personal trainer out one-on-one. Yeah, I think it just sounds like a very comprehensive startup package. It sounds like you're really trying to put people into a good routine for the first 28 days so that they can carry that forward into the next phase, I guess, of their membership. That phase is really designed to make sure that you get the opportunity to decide whether or not we're a good fit for you. But vice versa, so we can actually decide whether or not you're going to be a good fit for our community as well. So, yeah. So, you, uh, a quick question that's just come to mind. You know, it was back on the equipment stuff. Like your gym is not fitted out like a traditional gym. So, what do you actually have there? 
what don't we have is the question really <laughs> except except the fact is we don't have machines right so you a traditional gym you'll walk in they'll show you around and they'll show you how to move on the pin machines and you really you sit down in those machines and you adhere to the machine right um it doesn't encompass your natural body movement so we teach you how to move well for you and what you're you know for your goals and where you want to get to so we've got we're free weight heavy right so we've got eight racks you know, all barbells, lots of dumbbells, lots of kettlebells, dead balls, you know, dead balls up to 75 kilos. Not That's not for everyone, right? Basically, so what I'm more I'd, like loaded <laughs> movements. Yeah, loaded appropriately. Yeah. yeah, we use regression as a really powerful tool, though, to make sure that we're, we're really nurturing the body, right? Not overloading. So we have suspension trainers and boxes and all sorts of different stuff. But yeah, essentially, we, yeah, we're set up for the best sort of movement that you can offer someone, right? Without just having plug and play machines, which doesn't really serve anyone right yeah and we've got the sauna upstairs as well yeah re- full recovery room right with massage guns and and our massage table and we've got a massage therapist mate what don't we have <laughs> <laughs> what's the best place or the best way to get in contact with you guys you can contact either info at prestige-fit.com and that'll go through to our myself and the admin team and we'll get hold of you ASAP or you can call us or text us on what's your number? 0420-863-721. We'll, we'll be sure to put all of these uh, contact details in the, uh, in, the, in the description for the podcast. <laughs> your preferred method will be available. There's email, there's socials, there's yeah. mobile. So. Yeah, you can contact us very easily. Can anyone pop in and just say hello? You can just say hello. We'll often give you a... Uh, you won't be able to get in the door, for one, <laughs> um, so you'll be waving at the gate. But we will come and attend to you if there's someone there, and we'll give you our card, though, because often we'll be in private sessions and things like that, so it'll be hard to catch us just at a reception desk or anything like that. Uh, very cool. Well, I think it's been amazing talking to you guys. Isaac, Peter, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hope you guys had fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, we did. Thank you. Thanks for having us, mate. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Coffee Commune podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate this show wherever you're listening. 